Yo, we're back. The podcast, I fucking love it. Today, we travel to Roanoke. And I didn't know there was such rich history in Roanoke. If you guys listen to the Jamie Davis podcast, you might have heard me bring up the missing colonies that Garrett Ralph hounded me about because I didn't ask Josh about it. So there you go. You're welcome, Garrett. I asked Jamie. We talked about it. I hope you're happy. But I'm really, really excited to have been able to have Josh on the podcast because people who aren't in these thriving scenes but are willing to put in the work to keep their scene alive, to put on for their area means so much to me because when I grew up in hardcore, and I talk about this all the time, I was out in Palm Springs. There was literally no legit venue. We had Blackheart Productions, Steve Kipple working his ass off to get us shows and YMCA's, The Castle. Shout out to Kobe's dad for letting us use his warehouse for the longest time. It was Struggle City. So I know exactly how it is to not have something super rich and thriving. So I respect Josh everybody out in Roanoke putting on for hardcore. It's a lot of work and it's people like them are the reason why hardcore is going to stay alive without people keeping it together, putting on shows, reaching out to the youth and just keeping it alive. It's the only way this thing's going to survive. So I was really, really happy to have been able to have Josh on to talk about dread state Roanoke hardcore. It's, super awesome so i hope you guys take the time to listen to this episode and do yourself a favor go listen to dread state listen to what they're doing out there because they're a good band and i support everything that they do so without further ado welcome josh to the podcast Josh, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy we're finally able to do this. Um, I, I want to shout out our mutual friend, Jamie, from Outsider. He's the one who um, linked us up together. Yeah, Jamie's a good friend. We're like one of my, considered him almost a brother. Yeah. No, oh, wow. That's awesome. I didn't realize you guys were that close. Can you guys, or can you talk about that relationship with him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting right to it um he uh he lived in roanoke for a little bit um i'm from we're i'm from roanoke virginia um a couple years ago he was living here um we became friends we you know roanoke's a pretty small town so our um, shows around here we eventually met up linked up um eventually he played in my uh, old straight edge band back in the day and ever since we've been super tight you know Hell yeah. So Roanoke, I'm not too familiar with that city. Can you talk about the city itself? Like what's it like known for? How's the scene going down there? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, Roanoke, uh, we're about, you know, we're in the Western part of Virginia. Um, I think we're like the biggest city for the, uh, for the part of Virginia. Um, Virginia is kind of weird. You have like the beach, you have Richmond, you have, you know, near DC and then you have like, 
our part of um, Virginia, which is a lot of mountains and everything. Definitely the biggest city here. Um, hardcore wise, uh, it's it's a smaller city. Um, usually, a lot of the kids end up going to like bigger cities like Richmond, so that's about three hours away. Or, you know, kids go off to university or college, and that's you know our scene's been pretty consistent of people who have been coming to shows consistently here for years so there's that um roanoke it's it's a nice town um kind of medium pace kind of thing really cool for like people who love the outdoors like hiking and trails biking um not my scene but there's a lot of uh, breweries popping up around here um it's just becoming a kind of more bustling town i guess um it's kind of not not too big but um it's definitely got its perks. I enjoy living here. Um, it's not. It's nice living out here. So. And besides kids going to Richmond for shows, do you guys ever travel down to North Carolina to maybe yeah, like Greensboro sure. or Raleigh? Um, we we definitely still have shows around here. Um, you know, I guess we'll talk about more about that. But um, yeah, we we do go to shows to you know in North Carolina. We go to DC a lot. Um, a lot of us will drive to like Pennsylvania for a show. We'll just, we'll drive about just about anywhere. It's a, it's a pretty central location. So most of the big cities are like maybe like a day trip, maybe a weekend trip kind of thing away. Um, give you perspective. We're about three hours away from Richmond. Okay. Uh, four hours from DC, about four hours from Virginia beach. And those are like the bigger, you know, hardcore scenes in our area. Um, about six hours from Philly. So not too bad and North Carolina wise probably like two hours from Greensboro three hours from Raleigh Durham so there's that interesting yeah that's so crazy to me because I, I talk about this all the time because I live in Southern California so it's like a huge state obviously and the scenes for me like I'm based out of Orange County so outside of that me and my friends we travel to San Diego like we were there last weekend for a couple sure. shows which is that's like a two hour drive or we'll go west and head into LA which with like without traffic probably take us about like 40 minutes so just depending on what part of LA this show's taking place in like it's not that big of a travel yeah so for sure for you to talk about getting all the way up to Philly in six hours, um, like just the amount of states and like other major scenes you're crossing, like it, it's just like so crazy to me because like six hours for us, like that's like kind of that's like us going up north. So they'll get us to, you know, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco. That takes about like eight hours. So. It, yeah, it, it's sure. just like like yeah just the perspective on that is crazy to me just because um the amount of um scenes as you pass along the way yeah yeah um see so yeah it would take us about six hours to get to like you know a place like scranton and wilkes bear or like you know bands like title fight and i guess now one step closer is from okay. so it's that's really nice and that's probably about maybe um maybe 300 400 miles i'm just guesstimating out there so it's definitely not as pop um densely populated as, as the west coast is i i guess i haven't i haven't over been to the west coast yet personally so i don't really know how how packed it is actually <laughs> if i'm gonna be honest i can't remember the last time i went to a show and it was dead or like a low attendance oh that's sick that's shows around uh yeah 
I've been to plenty of shows where it's gone from like, you know, maybe like 10, 20 kids in the basement to, you know, a full venue packed full and just here in Roanoke. So it really depends, honestly. Um, Roanoke has the propensity to be either like a really cool scene some days and some days it just really depends. Like, you know, bands coming through or just like even the weather here. People get really affected by the weather in Roanoke. So people will like not show out sometimes just because of rain, but. You know, it really depends around here. We don't get as much shows as we used to, but I, there's definitely still a good following of people that do show up here. So kids will really not attend shows just because it's raining out? Uh, not. I mean, there's, you know, not really. Um, there's, it's, it's been hit or miss. Like I said, um, kids have been moving away from Roanoke because of, you know, it's growing up and everything. There is cooler, like not cooler, but, you know, bigger scenes that, bands do come through more often um it's not so much that they don't come out because of the weather there's more so just like i think less and less people being around like being here um i guess it's with any other scene i guess there's ups and downs and right now currently where i guess we're in a down period so it just seems like there's less and less people but there's still still definitely a lot of dedicated people who come to shows and still like show out and throw down for the bands and everything and support everything they do so Personally, Rona, because I think I love the scene so much. That's why I haven't left. Um, I feel like people here really, really love every single kind of band that gets put here or gets a show here. And it's a lot of support. You know, you don't see a lot. Like, Frederick Roanoke, I guess, like each band, like, you know, people are like there and they're listening to the music and not people aren't like leaving the venue to like say, oh, I'll skip this band or whatever. So. There and might be a slow, like lower attendance, but there's definitely a lot more passion than the, the kids here. And it, are there any younger kids showing out to your guys' shows, or is there any effort to try to bring in like a newer crop of kids to keep the yeah, scene alive? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been in the scene since you know I was 15. The scene's kind of changed since then. It used to be a lot more like, I guess, metal, metalcore, you know, oriented. Okay. But the years have gone by. It's definitely gotten like more hardcore. I guess. You know what you see like on like fans warp tour used to be popular around here but now so much it's not not even that's popular around here definitely the hardcore scene definitely flourished from like maybe like anywhere from like 2009 to 2015 i say for the peak for roanoke um yeah there's definitely a lot of newer kids coming around um a lot of social media has been helping out um i don't have the reach like i used to because obviously i'm a little bit older um, I'm about 25. I'm 25 years old, so I don't really interact with a lot of like high schoolers. I don't have a lot of reach there. Um, my good friend Bailey, um, he's kind of taken basically over, kind of like booking shows around here. He's a little bit younger, so he do- still definitely has outreach to like high school kids. Um, so there is like new a bunch of new kids coming. It's really exciting. Um, Whereas Renwick's a scene where you can you know definitely notice there is a new kid around and people definitely make a point to be like make them well feel welcome here that's awesome because the worst thing you can do in a scene like yours is to make people feel like an outcast oh for sure yeah um I, when i first came around I, I guess back when like it was like metalcore oriented like the main like the scene like the scene kid kind of like metalcore back in the day you know i de- there's definitely not that kind of like welcome people kind of just looked at you until you just i guess prove that you were cool or something back then but yeah for sure when the new kids come around like you know i make a point to go up to them and be like hey 
you know, what are you listening to? What's up? Where are you? How'd you find out about this and everything? You know, so we were all there at one point in time. And can you talk about how you got into hardcore? Oh, for sure. So, um, I actually didn't really, I was, I didn't really listen to music really until I guess the guitar hero rock band games came out. Wow. Wait, how old are you? Oh, wait, no, sorry. You said you're 25. Yeah. And you didn't listen to music until Rock Band and Guitar Hero came out? I, I really didn't. Like, I kind of was just a dumb kid, I feel like. <laughs> okay. um, I didn't really care about a lot of things, I guess. I was kind of just naive to the world. Um, I mean, I, my parents definitely had, like, cool stuff playing, like Michael Jackson, like, maybe some Black Sabbath. But I didn't really, like, listen to any of that. I was just like, oh, this is background noise. Okay. You know? I was more concerned playing, like, Call of Duty or whatever back then. So for me, getting into hardcore is a long journey. Basically, I got into uh, yeah, guitar here on rock band, and like that was really about like, well, I think it was Avenged Sevenfold, basically, and went Guitar Year Two, and that kind of basically pushed me into music really. And I was like, dang, guitars are pretty cool, rock music is pretty cool. So I guess after that, um, it was. I think going into like high school, I really became involved in music because I played football for my high school and me and a bunch of other kids in the scene were like part of the football team, but we were not really part of the football team. We were like a bunch of like outcast kids on the football team that listened to like metal and emo and stuff. So we really didn't fit in. Um, we were like, we would wear our football jerseys, but me, I would be wearing a studded belt and my football jersey. So that was, it really didn't fit in for us. So eventually after getting into metal, I went to metal shows and we started going there. Eventually I found some like hardcore music. My friends started getting into hardcore. And from then on, it was just nothing but that. Um, we had a lot of local shows here, a lot of metal shows. And like I said, things kind of shifted towards more of the hardcore scene around here. So as things shifted from metal to hardcore, a lot of my friends got into hardcore. And eventually I got turned to go to the hardcore shows. And yeah, that's it. I've been been super into hardcore and alternative music since then, basically. And have you always played the guitar? Um, yeah, I basically picked up the guitar after pl- playing rock guitar here in rock band, honestly. I thought it was super sick. I was like, damn, this is really cool. I really want to be able to do this someday. And uh, did you just like, uh, are you like self-taught or do you take any lessons? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all self-taught. Um, I'm definitely not the best guitarist around. I definitely make do with what I, you know, my skills I have now. So I'm not going to front that I'm like pretty good, but I definitely can make, you know, make through, you know, just to do what I can do. What I can do. <laughs> Man, you're, you're the second person that's been on this podcast that has uh, talked about how playing guitar here led them to learning an instrument. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks ago I had on Sammy. Um, he plays in Drain, uh, Gulch, and Hands of God. And um, he plays drums in Gulch and Hands of God. And I asked him how he learned how to play the drums. And he told me that he learned it through playing uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's sick. I've, I actually just now recently started checking out Gulch. Okay. Man, it's super sick. Yeah, awesome band. I definitely like what they're doing. I'm stoked that uh, those three bands, since they're all like homies, uh, Hands of God, Drain, and Gulch, they're doing that run on the East Coast. Uh, I, I'm oh, yeah. so excited because like, the exposure that they had 
uh, from playing Sound and Fury and This Is Hardcore. Uh, and now that they're finally going to be able to tour on that side of the country with more eyes on them, it's just going to just do good things for them. I'm, I'm like oh, super yeah, excited for, sure. for all of them. For sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drain actually played here not too long ago, earlier this year. Wait. I actually wasn't able to make it. because In was... Roanoke? Oh, yeah. In Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah, Drain played Roanoke, Virginia. Wow. Uh, my friend Bailey put that show on. Um, okay. Don't know what the bill exactly was. Um, I think they played with Face Rec from Philly, and um, I can't think of the other bands, but I definitely remember Dream playing here. I was actually not at that show because I was in Richmond recording for the Dread State EP. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Man, yeah, if I'm going to be honest, like I never even heard of Roanoke until I talked to Jamie. And yeah. I was just so interested because obviously I love hardcore and it's everywhere. So the fact that there's people doing music in a place that I've never heard of, like just has me like super interested. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's really cool. Like I'm really proud to say that, you know, I've been part of the scene for a while and seen its ups and downs. Like it's really cool seeing bands that wouldn't have and will play like big festivals. Like this is hardcore United blood or, sound and fury come through roanoke like a town that if you don't know anything about no one's you're not going to hear about it but you know it's really cool to like have host these bands and play with these bands here in such a very intimate um setting you know um we've had like bands like jesus peace come through naysayer brace war um hard stripes i'm trying to think of all the cool bands that come through here like forced order Rest a lot in of peace. big bands have come through here um that's definitely um, like protester red death there's so many cool bands that come through and it's like super low-key but you know if you happen to like stumble upon it it's like such a fun show and i, I think it's awesome that you're proud of where you're from because you know it, it's cool you know to be from the popular areas but i i think it's even more awesome when people you know from the less popular scenes are doing things to keep it alive because it's so hard to do it in general, but to do it at a place where it's not as popular, I, I think it's awesome because it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of, it's been kind of down lately, but you know, rental car course going to keep going regardless if I'm in it or someone else is in it. You know, we all, everyone kind of takes a big part of keeping this, like the scene alive, you know, you know, it's a smaller scene, so really, like, every person counts. It's, you know, it doesn't matter who books the show, who does whatever. As long as you're there supporting, it's, like, really cool to, like, you know, be a part of it. Definitely would not trade it for anything else in the world. And in Roanoke, do you guys have, like, a legit venue? Or are you guys just, like, booking shows at random places? So, I'll give you a little back, like, backstory on that. We actually now just start recently booking at venue venues okay um Renwick has kind of been known for like more of like house shows and like kind of like diy venues basically um it wasn't until recently where a lot of us who are like i guess older and have kind of more real jobs have been able to like book shows and also pay the guarantees for bands and also pay like venue fees and everything so um currently we kind of have like maybe three so so venues once 21 and up which kind of sucks definitely it's really hard to market to younger kids when you can't even you know get them in uh i used to try to sneak kids in but now <laughs> that doesn't work uh we have another venue it's called spot and kirk it's a little big so we haven't been booking there as much and we have 
this new VFW hall. We were recently just had um, Stepping Stone and Peace of Mind come through. Oh, awesome bands. Awesome bands. Yeah. The bands were really sick. So, um, three venues. Um, there's like some venues that we will try new shows at, but those are the current three. We really had a lot of house venues back in the day. So, that's where all the bigger shows came from. When you would have those house shows, did the whole show go as planned or did it ever get shut down by the cops? Oh, so that's that's one of the greatest things that I'm like, you know, really proud of Ferrano for having. Like since Ferrano's such a small scene, like, you know, people they, like knew each other. Everyone was like super friendly with each other, if not like friends already, you know. You would easily you could easily tell if there was someone from out of town or someone who's new around here. So local shows, yeah, like are like older venues that were like house venues always ended out really well. You know, we'd pack into um, our most famous venue. Um, well, you know, shed. It was a shed basically in the, my friend Josh Dickerson's backyard. Um, it was called the Big Gay Shanty, and you know, literally, it was um, owned by Josh. He's, you know, pretty cool dude. Um, name kind of sounds kind of messed up, but Josh is a cool dude he's um yeah it's it sounds kind of bad but yeah he's he's um he's gay and uh it really opened up a safe space for a lot of people back in the day um Roanoke's actually kind of cool because it's pretty it's a safe place for like a, a lot of the lgbtq people we host a pride festival like every i don't know i think september or august i think okay it's, it's super super well like supported around here which is really interesting to think that we live in like you know kind of what you think would be a conservative backwoods kind of area so um the big gay shanty was really cool to have not only did it like support hardcore kids but it supported a lot of people who didn't feel safe in their you know safe because of virginia so that was our biggest venue um it was a shed in someone's back in josh dickerson's backyard it was really cool um had some of the biggest shows there uh we had jesus peace play in there and so if it gives you any kind of like th- like what it looks like feel felt like basically it's about a shed maybe you could fit maybe 60 kids there if you packed it all the way in um it was you know literally a diy venue all the way you had like four by fours like covering all the walls a lot of insulation um literally the door to the shed was like it was held together by ropes and you had to like blocked the door off so it was super unsafe the, the running joke there was if there was a fire or something you would everyone would be gone <laughs> so we really made it a point not to get any kind of cops called or any kind of you know issues with the neighbors or anything and the shed it, it had four walls yeah four walls um interesting no windows uh, damn and i'm not familiar with the weather in roanoke does it typically get pretty hot Oh yeah, it gets really hot and humid. So, imagine packing a bunch of kids, you know, throwing down, singing along, uh, in the middle of summer, and that shed literally probably gets up to maybe 110 degrees, 120. Most right. of the time, most kids had no like they took their t-shirts off. It was, it was really, really an experience to feel like experience. Yeah, that's wild. I hate humidity. It's For terrible. Sure. <laughs> I went to Florida. It was 2016. I went on vacation to Orlando. Uh, me and some friends, we went 
to Disney World and we were there for two weeks and we went in celebration for one of our friend's birthdays is the only reason why we went at the, it was like the middle of August and we were there for two weeks and it was, it was a great time. Like I love my friends. I love Disney World. It was awesome. But just having to deal with the humidity was so bad because yeah it's, it's miserable <laughs> yeah where i'm at i'm like spoiled because I, I i live in orange county we have you know great weather like like probably like nine out of the three months because i've been spoiled like 80 degrees is hot for me because i'm so used to it being so nice in orange county so when i was in florida i vowed to never go back at that time like i will only go back when it's nice and cool and no humidity which is rare yeah yeah, uh, I definitely feel you on that. Um, I guess that's the one thing about running I don't really like. It's the you know global warming and all that. It's really warm now. It's like right now it's currently like ninety plus and it's super humid. You just start sweating the moment you walk outside. And so, did you? Kind of, I'm kind of a bigger guy, so no matter how much I like, you know, what I do, I'm always just going to be kind of like gross almost. <laughs> and did you grow up in Roanoke? Uh, yeah, basically I've lived here for the last, uh, maybe like mm, 15 years or so. I went to high school and college around here. So yeah, it's basically my hometown. Um, I was actually born in West Virginia, which is probably about an hour and a half away, Okay, but it's not really much of a difference. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger city where I am now, but, um, yeah, I basically call it right up my home. It is my home. So. That's awesome. Like for me, I grew up in Palm Springs and I, for the longest time, like I was okay, like living there. I, I was never the type of kid who would um, want to leave because I had so many friends um, in high school who looked at staying in your hometown is like you being kind of a failure, which I, I didn't really get because I, I didn't mind where I lived, but I also didn't know any, any better because I didn't know anything else. But when I got a little bit older, I was like my early twenties, I got really bored of living where I was at. I like got out of a like long-term relationship. So I was like going through all these weird emotions and just by chance, one of my friends suggested that we move to Orange County from Palm Springs. And at that point in my life, I was just down to do anything. I just needed some sort of change. And when we got to Orange County, it was cool. You know, I felt like a little scared because I'd never moved that far away from my parents. And uh, it honestly took me a while to get adjusted. Like the first year I hated it because I thought I was going to make a ton of cool new friends and have like this glamorous life. But it was literally, I was doing the same things as I was before I moved. I would literally work, come home, play WoW, like read comic books and just not really socialize. And I even tried to move back home, uh, but that didn't work out because I like ended up like totaling my car. It's like a whole other story, but I ended up staying in orange County and I've been living there for like going on like 10 years and oh, wow. um, that's, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's a really long time. So I'm really happy that I stayed because it, it definitely helped shape who I am today. And like, I'm not that much different if you knew me from way back when, but I just have like all these like new experiences and I, I'm just 
happy that I got out, but I never really hated where I live because like w- w- I still have friends back home. My family's back home. So whenever I, I get a chance to go back, I get excited to see everybody. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool now. I feel like, you know, with the you know Internet and you know how technology is, it's really it's, it's really a lot easier to keep in contact with everyone now. Um, I, yeah, Roanoke, honestly, it's, you know, for me, I've never really cared to move away. Um, you know, I have a lot of family here, you know, right now I'm just trying to get into school and everything. So if I have to move, I have to move. But, uh, Roanoke's kind of one of those places where you definitely kind of get that. You now some kids are like, you know, I can't wait to leave here. I can't wait to go to a bigger city and do, do things. Or you have some people who are like, you know, this is fine. Um, I definitely like definitely agree with you saying like your first year like you know I I think about it a lot of people move away but I mean do you really do different things do you do all the fun thing new things in a bigger city all the time <laughs> so I I definitely feel that Grant's um, kind of known for like people like moving away and coming back almost like it's kind of a place where you definitely raise a family honestly okay um, definitely a place where you know you go off to the university get a job work that job, maybe come back, maybe stay in that new city. But, you know, definitely, I definitely feel that. <laughs> so, uh, I've, I uh, was looking at your Instagram and we have some mutual friends. Uh, uh-huh. I, I was wondering how you knew Nick from wise. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Nick's, uh, met Nick a couple times. He's a pretty cool dude. Um, I met him and, uh, when he lived in Richmond, okay, and he was—I'm trying to remember his the band, um, the name of his band that we played with, my straight edge band played with, a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I know Nick from Richmond, and he was super cool, super friendly. Um, we played, I think, at his house for a show once, but uh, yeah, I, nothing but good things to say about him. Really excited that like Wise is like blowing up band's super cool yeah he's a really nice guy way back in the day um well i guess not that long ago maybe like going on like two years ago i used to do these email interviews and he was nice enough to be down to do one so i i sent him like 10 questions it was like around 10 questions I, I like emailed him the questions and he was nice enough to take the time out of his day and like answer them and send them back which i thought was so cool because i when I first had the idea of talking to people from bands, I didn't think anybody would want to give me their time. So back then, uh, when he was willing to do that for me, I, I thought it was so awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's super cool. I mean, it really makes it you know what you do. It definitely makes you know it contributes to the scene in like ways people don't really think of. You know, it like gives like almost like a personal like touch to everything. If I'm gonna be honest, when I started this, because. I have like a bunch of equipment because I used to stream on Twitch and um, I'm going to start back up like in the future, but I I just like got really lazy and I came home one night and I was looking at my equipment and I was like, damn, I could do a podcast. So I had this idea of doing a podcast because I'm like obsessed with podcasts. I listened to podcasts like probably, which sounds crazy. Maybe like during the week I, I listen to more podcasts than I do music. And 
I was just like obsessed with it. So I just had a thought of doing it. So I tried it out and I had like a bunch of solo episodes, which you can still find. And the, like my very first episode isn't in like my normal feed. You have to go to SoundCloud to listen to it, which is like a whole other story. But I never thought to actually have people on until like after sound and fury last year, it was like this idea that I had and I was honestly really nervous in the very beginning because I had never done anything like this, like talking to people about music. I I didn't, I wasn't sure how it was going to be received and just doing it. It just kind of got a lot of good feedback and it just slowly started growing. And there was even a point where I was like, I was scared of the progress that I was making. So I wouldn't, take breaks. It wasn't even breaks. It was just me not wanting to do it because I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to handle it. But I had some friends that just pushed me in the right direction and I just kept doing it. And I can't remember the last time I took a week off, but I just have been going on this crazy streak of putting out podcasts and I I never realized the impact that it's, or that it was going to have and that it's like having four people out there. And I'm just happy that I can do something to give back to the scene because I've been going to shows for so long. I was never really, I was never in like a good band. I was in a couple of bands where they never really did anything, but I'm, I'm just happy that through this, I'm, I'm able to do something for hardcore, which is something that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at your page and everything, your, your blog and your website, like yeah, it, lo- it really looks like you've been doing pretty, like doing a lot of cool interviews and podcasts and everything. And it's looks like you're doing a great job. I think it's really cool. Um, Thank you. I'm a little embarrassed that. that you, um, if you looked at my blogs, I haven't posted a blog in a really long time. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I, I just like skimmed through. I was just okay. checking it out. It looks so, like looks like some cool stuff, honestly. Um, definitely the podcast. I haven't gotten like I'm not a big podcast person yet. I haven't jumped on it yet. Like everyone, I feel like everyone else has. Um, okay. I definitely don't have a lot of free time on my hands, and if I wanted, like I guess, do something, I'd rather just be out driving around or drinking a cup of coffee somewhere or just hanging out with some friends. So the podcast thing is still kind of foreign to me. Um, I definitely have been checking out a lot more. Um, I've been checking out um, Form of Passion by Ace. He's uh, down in Richmond. I checked that out this morning, actually. Okay. He's a and, former uh, guest of this podcast. Oh, hell yeah. That's cool. Cool. Um, I also checked out Axe Grind. Checked okay. out like a couple minutes of that. So Hell yeah. Not- no, it's like the this form of media for hardcore is still like new for a lot of people. So it's cool to kind of be on like the forefront of this and try to get people to come on and do it for the first time or just come on and talk to me so we can just like help grow this type of media. So I support all podcasts that have to do with hardcore and like, I'm just obsessed with like Joe Rogan and MMA podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something I definitely want to like get into. I'm kind of a person that's always like, I got to do something. I got to move. I got to keep moving. I got to keep working. So kind of slowing down. It's, you know, I kind of look at a podcast as something I'd like to get into, you know, there's like a lot of like information and ideas and opinions and, you know, like even like for this on hardcore, I think it would be super cool to be into. So it's definitely something I look forward to getting into. For sure. 
I, I feel like these long form conversations are the best way for you to like get to know somebody because it, it, it's so hard. Um, like say if you're at a show and obviously you guys are there to see the bands live, there's like a million people there and you don't really get a yeah. chance to you know talk to everybody for as long as you probably want to. So I feel like um, in these, like, you know, in this setting, it's, cool for people to kind of get a chance to get to know the, the person a little more oh yeah yeah um I, back to the whole Ronan thing honestly i that's i think that's another thing about Ronan where it's really nice like you can actually like people this i mean there's still definitely a lot of stimulus definitely a lot of like shuffling in between sets and bands and everything but i think Rena gives a little bit more personal touch you know we all go to like a fast food joint after the show and we catch up and we talk to new people if they decide they want to come and even like just in between sets people are just chatting it up with everyone which it's you know i became friends with all my friends i have now you know it's just kind of like hey what's up you know we're both into this and you know we get talking and we get to talking about everything so there's like few minutes in between sets really where you know are super crucial sometimes and like you know just finding new people it's super cool so and you mentioned the you guys go to a fast food joint. Is it like a chain or is it like a one oh, yeah. local? So, um, from for years, ever since we got it, we've had this uh, restaurant chain called Cookout. I'm personally sick of it, so I can't eat it. Okay, but um, Cookout's like open till like three or four. I don't actually know. So you know, it's a big place, a lot of tables. Everyone can get food. Um, everyone sits down, hangs out uh, for like. We don't have a lot of vegan options in Renault still. I mean, we're starting to get more, um, but there's a Taco Bell across the street. So, you know, at the end of the show, everyone will like hit up Cookout or Taco Bell. We'll all meet up and cook out and hang out. And I think it was, it's really nice to like see like people in bands and sh- like just people coming to shows being like, you know, people. They're not like, oh, like oh, I can't hang out with them because they're in this bigger band or whatever, you know. I think that's what hardcore is about. It's like that whole connection kind of thing. So, yeah, I, yeah. I still like to believe that there's a unity in our scene. So I try not to get too mixed up into like the politics. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely refused. To, I've refused to ever make a Twitter ever again. Cause oh. it just makes me sad. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Twitter moves fast. The, yeah, the stuff you, like the stuff I see on Twitter, I'm just like, you know, it's it's not worth it to try to get in these, you know, Twitter debates. And half the time it's just like, I, I don't know if it's people just like trying to just stir the pot or if they're really just feeling that way and saying like the dumbest shit you've ever read. And yeah. I just I feel like it's almost kind of like a pissing contest. Like you have to be the funniest, coolest and, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, I've definitely I keep Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, I only follow people I really know. Like, you know, I might meet you a couple times, but I'm still not going to follow you until, like, you know, I feel comfortable because, yeah, I just don't really, I'm not a big, I mean, I like social media for its uses, but I really don't care about a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that would go on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that one because I, I remember I, I got a Twitter and it was because my roommate, he's like, dude, you got to try this new thing out. It, it's like so cool. And just back then, it was like 2008, and I was like, 
thinking nobody wants to know what I'm doing. And this was at a time when there wasn't even a Twitter app. Like we were texting a number to get our tweets posted when we wanted to do it from our phone or we'd go. Yeah. Or we'd go to like the website if we were on a computer and to see it grow from like people like you were supposed to just post your status, like where you're doing or like where you're at, what you're doing. But now it's just like it's just turned to this whole other thing. Yeah. And. Like it, it has its own its own culture to it, and I just I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah, like I like love it and I hate it because honestly, like I get all my news from Twitter because because it, oh, yeah. it, it's just so instant and it, and it's constantly moving, and I love to check it to see what's going on in the people that I follow, and it's just a crazy place. I, I just kind of have to like the way to maneuver through all of it is just so weird. Yeah. But I think it's super interesting seeing how like, you know, hardcore in Twitter now, you know, I guess it's like kind of like MySpace a couple of years ago and, you know, Facebook back then. Now it's like, you know, definitely a lot of hardcore related things happen on Twitter. And I just don't know until like, I guess it gets to Facebook or Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah. The worst is when I'll, I'll see like a bunch of people that I follow. They're all talking about the new drama and hardcore. And I don't have like the full picture because I, like I said, I just try to mind my own business and just, you know, keep to my circle. But when I see shit just breaking out on Twitter, I was like, man, like I know everybody's talking about the same thing, but it's just like, do I even really want to figure out what, like, you know, what band got canceled or, you know, who's doing what. Uh, and oh God, sometimes it, it's, it's just too much. Yeah, it definitely is too much. Um, I, I don't know how to feel about a lot of things nowadays because, you know, it's just, uh, it's all over the place. It's almost damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know. I mean, there's definitely things you shouldn't say or do or whatnot, but yeah. Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a weird culture nowadays. Yeah, for me, like uh, across all platforms, like I, I have a Twitter, Instagram. I, I do have a Facebook, but I, I like never use it, so like it's not even like worth mentioning. Um, like I, I just try to stay consistent. Like I, I definitely don't post as much as I used to. Like back in the day, like I, I used to be a fiend for that, like doing it all the time. But now it's just like, yeah. honestly, the majority of my stuff now is just uh, talking about the podcast or me hanging out with my friends at Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've definitely, there was a time where I felt like Roanoke was kind of weird because everyone still had Facebook and I'd hear from my friends out of town and different cities like, why do you guys still use Facebook? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we still use Facebook, but I definitely see it now. I barely use my Facebook. I only use it to like book shows or promote shows and my friends are doing or, you know, occasionally like, sending people like, Hey, check this man out. But it's definitely not like how it was maybe just even like two or three years ago. So I don't, I barely use it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I still feel kind of weird when I see bands, um, that have Facebook and like promote their Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm in control of the dread state Facebook and okay. I haven't really used it for anything. Uh, my, our drummer CJ, he's, he actually made the, uh, our Instagram and, at first, I told him, I don't think we really need an Instagram. We don't really need it. We'll just kind of like spread it by like, you know, old school kind of ways like flyers and maybe, yeah, Facebook or just, you know, hopping on shows. But he made one, so we have it now. Yeah, but, 
I feel like a, a band should at least have one, like either like a Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. or Instagram, just so it's like people can go and find information. Because there's been times where I'm like, where is this band? I can't find them anywhere. And it's kind of like I'm trying to get in contact with somebody. So then I have to like reach out through people yeah. who might know somebody and just trying to like, you know, go through all the different channels to see how I can get in contact with them. So please, if you're in a band, just have, have at, at least yeah. one. Please. At least like an email or a band camp, you know? I mean, yeah. I think most bands have a band camp. Oh, the, the worst is <laughs> I've, I've run into this situation so many times where I'll, I'll, all I'll have is an email. I'll send the email, never hear back, and then I'll have to ask mutual friends to reach out for me and through that channel of a, the mutual friend, I get like an instant response. They're super down to do it. And I'll mention like, Hey, like, you know, I, I sent you guys like an email. Did you ever read it? And a lot of the times people tell me that, that they don't check their band email. Yeah. Yeah. So I have mine. I have, um, I also, I guess I have the control of the dread state email. So I, okay. I use it for like booking shows and stuff. So I, it's constantly refreshed to mine. So, Okay. Not that well, we get a lot of emails. I think since we have Facebook and Instagram, we most of our stuff goes through there eventually. Yeah. And okay, we're like, how many minutes in? We're like forty minutes in, and we haven't even really talked about your band. Uh, you play guitar for Dread State. Yeah, play guitar. Um, we have so currently it's kind of weird. Um, our bassist Austin, he just um, he got a job as a I think an accountant. Okay. For like Richmond City, uh, it's a pretty nice posh job. He did a good job in college, and he's probably the most successful one out of out of us right now. So he's in Richmond. So we don't. That's about three hours away. So we haven't really practiced with him recently. Okay. Um, we have another guitarist, uh, Tate. Um, he's a cool, dude. Um, currently, I think he's trying to become like apprentice under his dad for his tattoo shop. So his dad owns a tattoo shop down here that a lot of us go to our tattoos and whatnot um lawrence our singer and cj our drummer so there's about five of us um it's a slightly different lineup from when we first started um my friend nathan he actually moved out to the west not too long ago he moved out i think yeah he moved out to la about the start of the year oh wow and he was he was our original bassist he was teaching himself how to play at the same time which was kind of funny but he made he, he did it but yeah that was our original lineup so and your drummer and singer are are they still in town? Oh yeah, yeah. So the only person that um, that is currently out that's still in the band is Austin. Okay. And we haven't got we actually haven't got to practice with them in a minute. So Tate's been playing bass for practices. So we've had one or two shows in town. So for so where we could just probably use you know instead of having two guitars, we'll just do the one guitar thing. So Tate ends up playing bass, and I end up just playing keeping the guitar. So. It definitely doesn't sound as full cool and cause cool you know what it would with our full band, but that we definitely make it work still. Okay, well, you guys put out the demo in April of 2018. Yeah, demo. And, in, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say I I like because most bands they'll just call it their demo, but I really like the fact that you guys named your demo gives it a little uh, more character. Yeah, uh, I actually, I'm actually all about just naming a demo demo. But oh, Lawrence, okay. our singer, Lawrence, our singer, really wanted to name it like 
I don't even want like he said just say whatever I don't even remember the name of the demo state of intent oh yeah state of intent demo so Lawrence really wanted to make sure he you know there's a name to it so yeah I'll give give credit where it's due okay yeah and I I always talk to the bands on here because sometimes they'll skip the demo go straight into an EP or sometimes I'll think it's an EP because it has just the name, but then they'll tell me it's the demo. So I, I, I always just try to um, get that clarification. Sure. So I really like the song BTK. I, I, I think that song is awesome. Can you talk about what BTK means? Um, so I'm not super into like I guess Lawrence is super into like you know the crime true crime kind of stuff and okay I don't know I think it's about that some dude who you know some murderer some dude I don't know oh <laughs> but so he... I think it's, it stands for like blind torture you know bind torture and kill I'm pretty sure um, yeah um, we for this hardcore band we definitely didn't want to like you know talk about the typical like you know you stab me in the back or whatever kind of lyrical <laughs> content that most bands are doing nowadays you know okay. So which isn't, definitely which isn't a bad thing. Oh, for sure it's not. I, I mean, I love all kinds of hardcore. I mean, okay. So I don't mind it. But I definitely kind of get tired of like, you know, the whole, just kind of like your average kind of like hardcore man. I'm not saying it's wrong or bad or anything, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice, a nice pace, you know. I'm actually, I'm more interested in like, besides the straight edge hardcore, I usually kind of just, I'm about like more the instruments and the hardcore than like, a lot of lyrical content based on that fact, you know. Speaking of uh, lyrical content, how come you guys don't have any lyrics on your band camp? Uh, I think it's just me just sucking at it, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I never got the lyrics from Lawrence, and, you know, we kind of just, we haven't really updated the band camp in a minute. Um, we released the last thing. I think I have all the lyrics. I just need to post it. Kind of a fail on my point. Definitely probably should put the lyrics up. Yeah. The lyrics are pretty cool, I think, you know. I different different range of like topics. Yeah, I definitely like to encourage bands to put their lyrics up because people want to read them, see, you know, learn the words, sing along. Yeah. Sure. Uh yeah, I'll probably end up doing that probably this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Make it a chance. So, um yeah, it's I, I like the kind of topics we cover. It's kind of, you know, cool and a little bit different. Um I think Lawrence talks a lot about like, you know, talks about this you know future apocalyptic world in one of our songs like i said nuclear tomorrow and just you know a lot of kind of like true crime horror story kind of like inspired kind of things because uh cj and lawrence are really into that kind of stuff and i'm kind of indifferent when it comes to it so i just want to play cool music you know yeah and, and since you're so inspired by the instruments like where do you draw inspiration from when you write the songs um, so all of us come from, I guess, different musical backgrounds, but even, even with all, and hardcore and metal music, um, for me personally, I'm in super into like more like kind of like a DBD, like kind of like raw punky, punky bands, you know, like bands that would play like maybe damage city, maybe like the, uh, maybe like some like chaos and chaos bands or oh, wow. not dead throwback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about like how wild those lineups were and I wasn't able to travel back then, but those were some cool shows. Um, yeah, I'm, I definitely draw a lot of that, but I also, you know, like I said, I listen to every kind of hardcore. Like, you know, I could listen to, you know, something you would see, like a more of a beat down kind of band down to all the way to like, just, you know, stripped down, like 
straight edge youth crew kind of stuff, you know, it doesn't really bother me. So I, whatever it's like, you know, if it sounds cool, I'm, I'm about it. But, uh, you know, CJ, he's a, uh, he actually comes from a death metal background. He's mostly a metal guy. He kind of just got introduced to hardcore recently by us. Cause we actually asked him to play me and Nathan, when we first started the band, asked CJ to play because Rona is such a small town. So of course, there's a shortage of drummers already. Yeah. So coming from an even smaller town, it's even worse. So a lot of our sound could be attributed to the style CJ plays, and he's definitely on the metal side of things. And um, was he like down to do it right off the bat, or did you guys have to like convince him? Uh, I don't. I actually didn't. For once, I'm usually always the one trying to like do plans, make plans, and like figure things out but nathan actually reached out to cj and we were friends already we hung out you know the same group of friends but okay cj's super talented and i'm kind of like you know average at best so it was kind of you know a little awkwarding for me at first to like being like start to jam with him it was kind of intimidating almost uh cj's really you know it's really flexible he's really one of the best you know he plays every instrument really well he'll like pick up the guitar and like just write some like banger like riffs real quick and then he'll jump on the drums and just you know shred it yeah i definitely admire that a lot um when people are able to play multiple instruments yeah i think it just makes you a better musician overall so yeah cj plays in this band called human infection from right after the death metal band they're really cool um see lawrence lawrence is uh he's been in the scene for as long as i remember remember my first show lawrence is actually playing already he's like maybe like two to three years older than me cj is about the same so lawrence has been for a while he's been you know super into like you know anything alternative and diy and like punk and everything so if there's a new band out there he's probably already checked it out and checked out the demo or whatever so he's He's uh, got a lot of wide range of like, you know, stylistic like influences. Um, Tate Tate's super into like the punk rock stuff, old school like Oi and all that. And then Austin Austin likes you know, he's all over the place. He likes hardcore and he likes that real extreme stuff, maybe extreme metal and like you know doom metal, sludge metal. So I, I, out of the group, I'm definitely the one who listens to the hardcore the most. <laughs> For sure. That's cool though. I, I uh, do you know what band Lawrence was in when you first saw him? Uh, it was this. Uh, let's see, I, I think I remember all the names actually. It's they're all like metalcore, deathcore bands. So the first band I saw him, he was actually the first person I saw saw to ever play a show. I walked in the doors and he was like going pretty hard. And I think his that band name was like an Eternal Decree. Oh wow! Just some, some, like, like that. They were part of that big like deathcore like thing back. Like in the early mid two thousands, you know. So, so definitely a lot of people in that scene then are still in the scene now. And are like is it still like deathcore kids or do they kinda like change their tune and start playing hardcore? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's you know everyone kinda just picked up hardcore and was sick. Um definitely a lot of people who never listened to any kind of music it also showed up because you know friends of friends would bring people in and be like hey here's check this out we have a show every weekend this is pretty fun so a lot of people showed up from that so yeah, yeah. that's cool i i always wonder like what it's like for new people these days and when when they, they like enter in hardcore because 
I've been around for a long time and it's like, you know, it's just like second nature to me. So I'm, I'm just curious, like what people think these days when they go to their first hardcore show. Yeah. Um, for a while when I was doing a lot more like show booking and everything, I definitely thought, you know, would always throw out like the bridge bands back in the day. Like, yo, have you checked out like have a hard TUI expire or whatever? Like the bands like you know, it's really accessible to people. And that's usually how I would like, you know, I'd hook them like, Hey, if you like this, you should, you should probably come check this out. There's a lot of kids in our scene were, you know, in that metalcore scene, which persisted almost pretty long and almost alongside the hardcore scene for a long time. So I definitely would show out to like metalcore shows just to like, you know, hand out flyers and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily like the bands, but I'd throw down for like local like metalcore bands just to like show like, hey, like check us out. You know, it's a fun time on the other side too. So yeah, for me, it was, it was always weird when I, cause I'm a huge fan of pop punk. It was always weird when I'd go to pop, um, pop punk shows and I would see dudes moshing like super hard in the pit wearing those like you know that term that used bridge um, bands they're wearing like those bands like t-shirts and they would be going like off like at the pop punk show and i was always confused because like i would never see those kids at normal hardcore shows yeah yeah. and i i I always wonder i'm like man like where do these kids come from like i think like a big fish in the little pond kind of thing yeah yeah and like and i'm not that type of guy to go to a pop punk show and mosh to me i i think it's corny i like to go and just like listen to the uh, cheesy lyrics and just the you know fun riffs i'm going there to have a good time i don't really want to mosh and yeah there's moshy parts but i just for me i just don't think that's the place for it yeah because I'll tell you the story. I went to, uh, it was at the Chain Reaction. I went and saw this band from Canada called Seaway. And uh, for me, like I, I don't feel like an adult, even though I am. I'm 30 years old. But, oh, wow. Um, I thought yeah. you were younger than that. No, well, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, but I was at this pop punk show. Seaway's playing, um, and I was feeling it. So I just went, just did a stage dive, and I remember somebody just like pinched me like really hard, like while I was like you know on top of everybody, whatever, because it was like a super packed show. And I was like, wow, why am I getting pinched right now? And then. I just, you know, it clicked. I'm like, you know what? This isn't typical behavior at a pop punk show. Like these yeah, kids yeah, yeah. aren't used to um, people stage diving on them. You know, they're, they're here to sing along and, you know, fawn over the pop punk dudes, whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, you know what? I was like, this is weird. I was like, I don't even know why I'm stage diving. I'm just going to go enjoy myself and not do this anymore because it was just so weird because like people looked at me. I was like, like some asshole stage diving during, during the pop punk band. It was just weird. Like I, I didn't feel like, um, cause like when I do it, you do it at a harder show. It's fine. Like it's not a big deal, whatever it happens. But when I did it at the pop punk show, I felt so like alienated and like people were like looking at me like so disgusted. Like I just did the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I definitely get that. Like it's, I went to see uh, Gate Creeper when they were on tour with like Cannibal Corpse. Okay. And I knew I like I was driving up there and I was telling my friend and I was like, I totally think if there's any hardcore kids, like hard, uh, Richmond has a lot of hardcore kids, mm-hmm. but I don't know if those are the same kids that showed up. But I definitely think it's like really corny to like you know hardcore kids to mosh like at a more death metal based show. You know, you know yeah. it's kind of like when like 
normal metal dude show up at a hardcore show and you know try to start a push but definitely corny i don't really care about it i mean as long as you're having a good time but of course you know definitely a little corny yeah for me it's like as long as you're you know having a good time and not hurting anybody because like when i'm at a pop punk show and these guys are like you know face moshing the crowd i'm just like come on like that's it's so stupid yeah yeah it's definitely rough. bad i mean if i saw it being like gate creeper and like you know i saw them i saw they played at like fya and yeah that's definitely a place where you did hardcore mosh them. but yeah definitely the same thing we actually don't have a, we've never really have had a big pop punk, punk scene in roanoke um my first hardcore show on um, that band handguns played that was oh. really cool good old handguns whatever happened to that band I don't know. Um, they played in a little room, so it was one of the coolest shows I've ever been to. Um, but yeah, they played in literally a room, and, they, and so that same uh, place where we had shows at the Big Gay Shanty, it used to be in the house, so it was called the oh, Big wow. Gay Mansion. Oh wow! So That's... it was literally like this um, super small room. You could fit maybe ten people in there plus the bands, and everyone else would have to like watch out from the living room. But it was really cool seeing like I hadn't checked out handguns before that show, but seeing everyone like sing along and stuff was super cool. It's definitely a super cool band to, band to see, but it's weird seeing them like where they are now for sure. You know, it's funny. I never saw that band live. Huh? Yeah. I, I remember one night they're playing chain reaction. Another story of chain. So I'm driving to chain reaction to see handguns and I get a call from this girl that I had like a huge crush on and she knew that I was going to handguns that night. So she called me and she was like, Hey, like I need you to come with me to this birthday party because like, I don't really know anybody and I don't want to go alone. And I was just like, you're calling me at the worst time. Like, you know, I'm yeah. going to handguns. Like I've been stoked on this show for like a really long time. So no, like I'm not going to go with you. And she was like, she was like kind of persistent and she actually, um, like she was crazy or maybe that's not fair to say she wasn't crazy but she like really wanted me to go to this dinner so she like did all these things to um to make sure that i would go like she knew um one of the guys that worked at the venue and somehow she knew that he worked for this merch company that printed all of handguns merch so she convinced him to send me everything that they printed for handguns so i wouldn't really have a reason to go into the venue besides seeing them so like i i showed up to chain reaction she was already there she was like hey this is my friend um give him your address he's gonna give you all the merch for free so let's wow, go to this birthday wild. dinner yeah it, it was a crazy situation and like i felt like was the dinner at least good i'm getting there so <laughs> I, I was like okay that's kind of cool that i'm getting free merch but uh, i was like all right fine i'll go so we end up going to this birthday dinner which was at this like ice cream place it was the most annoying place i've ever been because all they do is sing happy birthday to all their guests and they're like banging on bass drums and hitting pots and stuff so you can't really ever get like a chill vibe in there it's just like really noisy and i showed up with her and she didn't tell me who these people were because they weren't my friends i was only going to like show her support so because like like we literally moved to orange county at the same time like she moved down from washington and then i moved from palm springs and 
So like I went with her and we show up to this birthday dinner and it's literally a bunch of people that don't like me because like a week or two prior, my roommate beat up one of the guys that was there. And wow. yeah, and she knew that like me because she, she knew my roommate. So she knew that we had problems with these guys and she still invited me to this birthday dinner. And like I, I literally sat down from across the guy that my roommate beat up and I like was telling her, I'm like, are you an idiot? Like, why would you invite me to this dinner? Like, are you trying to get me beat up? It was just it was terrible. Like the the restaurant sucked. The vibes were so awkward because there was a bunch of people there that didn't like me. And normally I don't care if people don't like me um, because not everybody's going to like me, whatever big deal. But the fact that it was a bunch of guys that could have jumped me because of something that had happened like the week before. I was like, wow, why? Why, like, why would you put me in this situation? Like, I was so mad. It was terrible. Dude, I wouldn't even know what I would do in that situation. I think I would just walk out. Yeah. Well, like back then, like Uber wasn't really a thing. And my car was still at the venue because she drove from the venue to the ice cream spot. Huh. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was pretty bad. But that was my random handgun story. It's a pretty good handgun story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe one day they'll uh, play another show and I'll get to see them. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I actually haven't checked out anything besides, the, I think, the first two things. I kind of lost interest in pop punk after I got more into, like, hardcore, I guess. And I Dude. definitely wrote on, like, the email, like, kind of, like, shoegaze kind of, like, trend when it came around. So Okay. When it came I- down to, like, s- sadder lyrics or more emotional lyrics, that's where I went. Okay. So you're into bands like uh, Pity Sex? Yeah, like, I was uh, definitely super into, like, nothing um you know all those like shoegaze revival bands um definitely like pity, pity sex a lot um turnovers personal visions definitely one of my top five albums of all time that album still hasn't gone tired like yeah. i haven't gone tired of that album i still play that like album on repeat Dude, that band's just awesome in general for sure for sure it's really cool that they're from virginia so a lot of my favorite bands are probably from virginia actually Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty Represent, cool Represent yeah, your state. Yeah. So. Well, uh, so your bass player moved. Do you guys have plans to play any shows coming up? So our um, next, you know, more, I mean, we have a local show. It's, um, we're just playing with some locals just for fun. Um, but our next big show is in Richmond. It's our first time playing Richmond. Uh, it's going to be with Regional Justice Center, Spine, Oh. I think Devil's Devil's Den and Outsider and us, so it's really exciting to play. Oh, dude, that's a that's a cool lineup. Uh, yeah, Regional Justice Center. Their new record came out today. Yeah, yeah, I checked it out today. It was sick. Okay, damn, love it. Yeah, and then Outsider's new record's sick. Yeah. Um, gotta, gotta throw it down for my homies. Yeah, Joe, all those guys are cool. Bailey, um, Bailey actually plays bass for them now. I think so. He drives from Reno to Richmond all the time, and he went with them on tour. Oh, wow. A little bit of run up there. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You know, before they went on tour, um, I actually was talking to Jamie because we used to text pretty regularly, but he's been on tour, so I haven't really um, gone out of my way to bother him. But um, he's actually coming on the podcast next week, which is kind of a big deal because outside of like my, my buddy Garrett and Nate, I've never had a reoccurring guest. So he's like the first one to, or he's going to be the first one to come back on the podcast, which I think is cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, he didn't tell me about that. That's sick. Yeah. 
we hung out pretty much the whole day at the show um, when it was, when they had stopped in Roanoke. So definitely one of my best friends, brothers, I could say. So hell yeah, that's sick. Um, when's that show going down? And is there a flyer? Uh, I don't think there's a flyer yet. Um, um, it's a September 29th, I believe. Okay. Um, I, I actually don't even know where the venue is. Um, I think the venues, maybe a house venue or a new venue in Richmond. I haven't heard of yet. So oh, yeah. I just know we're playing. I'm super excited. Really yeah. excited to see regional justice center yet. And I haven't seen them yet. So, okay. Yeah. And it's cool too, that you guys are getting over there for the first time, get a little more exposure. Yeah. We haven't been able to play as much as all of us are, you know, late twenties, so of course, and, you know, less time, more jobs and responsibilities. So yeah, I haven't really actually gotten the tour. We kind of failed putting a tour together, but hoping this winter we'll be able to be more, more free. Hell yeah. And so, um, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that there's a chance that you could probably end up leaving Roanoke just depending on uh, what school you get into. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've been trying to get into medical school. I graduated with my undergrad degree in pre-med biology back in uh, 2015 um been working in um our hospital in Roanoke for a while now and just been trying to do that so that's what's kept me kind of busy alongside hardcore so honestly I think hardcore may have actually kind of slowed me down again in medical school but I wouldn't you know change that at all because hardcore definitely shaped who I who I am you know political ideas social ideas and all kinds of stuff really good ideology there and what do you do in the hospital? Uh, so I work as a, an assistant to the anesthesiologist and the cardiovascular suites. So I'm always there. I help out with getting you like patients off to sleep for heart surgery and vascular surgery and even like you know, emergency cases. So I spend a lot of time on call with the doctors. So if at the surgeons and doctors get called in, I get called in as well. And are you under stress when you're at work? Because I, I feel like it, what you're doing is pretty important. Oh, yeah. Um, there's definitely days where it's stressful, especially, you know, there's a lot of emergencies that come through. But for me, I, I love, you know, it's a good job to have when you're still trying to get into school, I guess. And because it's pretty much like you're right under, like, working under anesthesiologist. So I definitely like it. Um it's definitely an adrenaline rush for me. It's definitely nice. I mean, there's nights where it sucks where I've worked 24 plus hours straight, but I love, I love the job. It's really fun. It's really rewarding. It's really nice seeing, you know, a patient make it or you know, just a patient getting through surgery. It's cool. And are you on like those crazy schedules where you're like, when you're not on call, are you like doing like three days on and like three days off or something like that? Uh, I work four tens basically, but I end up having actually working more than 10 hours each day. I work about 12. So oh, I have wow. to come in. I come in early and help get the drugs set up and help get the uh, machine set up and help get the doctors just ready. And so I end up like coming in an hour early and coming, leaving an hour late. And that doesn't include like taking call hours one day a week or two days a week. Okay. So. I'm on call usually from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. The, the next morning, so I can get called back in or have to stay in. Or, yeah. And do you live far from the hospital, or, or like when you're on call, do you just stay like near the hospital? Um, I live about 15 minutes if you know it's no traffic. Okay. But you know, with traffic and with you know how things work, Murphy's Law and everything, 
takes about maybe 20, 30 minutes. So all those minutes really matter in those situations. So if I'm not there to help me get the machine ready and to get the doctor ready and the patient ready, it's, you know, every minute counts. So with are you trying to get into med school, what's the goal after? Uh, you know, I, right now I just want to get to medical school. I would definitely like to get there. And then I would think about what kind of specialty I'd like to choose. So right now I'm just kind of living in the moment, you know, enjoying music, still playing music and occasionally booking a show here and there. But that's the plan. I don't really have a, a lot of other goals right now besides just trying to like do some shows, tour, and then also get into school. My life's kind of boring, so... <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound too boring. You're in and out of the hospital helping save lives. I think that's cool. Yeah. That's rewarding sometimes. <laughs> so but it's like, it's like every other job. You eventually just kind of get tired of it some days for uh, one thing about the hospital. I'm just really curious. So when I was younger, my buddy and I, we used to frequent this like fancy hospital. It was in a city called Rancho Mirage. Like the city's like so fancy that like if you call an ambulance in the city of Rancho Mirage, like it's free just as long as you're within the city limits. Yeah. So we used to frequent this um, hospital because low key, we knew that it had like really good food. So like, we would just walk in like we owned the place, take the elevator down. Like the um, cafeteria was in the basement. So we had to go to like the very bottom floor to get to the food. And it was cool because it was just really good food in like one of the most like places you wouldn't like expect. So I was wondering about the food at your hospital. Is it good and bad? I, I actually don't really know. To, to be honest, for me, I think it just tastes bland, but. Okay. I've definitely run into a lot of people who like say like, oh yeah, I'll come in and eat food there and because they're like, yeah, they have good breakfast apparently. I'm like, I didn't think that, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just a little bit more spoiled, but. Yeah, maybe you I, should investigate. I definitely investigate. I do end up eating a lot at work. So I think maybe it's just because I get to eat the same things every day. It's just kind of boring to me, but and who knows? It, it could be really good. <laughs> we have a nice coffee shop at the at the ground floor of our hospital, which I frequent every once in a while. Okay. But uh, if I have time to leave the operating room. Are you like a coffee snob? No, no. I, I don't really like coffee, to be honest. I, I like that it helps me out. Um, if I do get coffee, I definitely love floating it up with creamer, co- um, creamer and syrup. Um, okay. I get coffee every day, for sure, but it's not like something I really enjoy. And... Is it it's something to do? Is it coffee over energy drinks? Um, actually, I just now started. I recently started drinking Red Bulls. Okay. So I used to drink a lot of Monster Energy drinks in high school, but I stopped drinking those. But recently, I got into Red Bulls. So that's kind of my like. I on the weekends, most of us always meet up at a local coffee shop. Um, we hang out there. It's just easy to meet up. It's easy to just chill there. I'm a low key kind of guy, so I don't really care to like do high key things like go like downtown or go to a house party. I'm also straight at show. It doesn't really, you know, I mean, I don't mind those things, but I don't, it doesn't really appeal to me. So it's just, I, it's just easy to get a coffee every day, but I also just bring like a can of Red Bull every day with work. Cause you never know when you need a little pick me up. For sure. I definitely back that. Like you should drink monsters, but I feel like there's just so much sugar in monsters. I just couldn't take it. So I definitely switched to drinking Red Bulls. If I do choose to drink an energy drink. Yeah. Yeah. 
I definitely agree with that. I had a monster the other day just because just I couldn't get my hands on Red Bull. And I was like, damn, this is too sweet. I did not like this anymore. Yeah. Screw that. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like this is a good place to wrap things up. For sure. Cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It was really cool talking to you. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, before we go, I always like to give the guests an opportunity to shout anything out if they'd like to. Um, yeah, I definitely would like to shout out everyone in Renault Carcore, past, future, and present. Um, you know, Jamie, obviously, Richmond Hardcore, Virginia Hardcore. Like, you know, that's that's what I got. Just Virginia Hardcore. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And I want to say thank you again for coming on. Definitely had a good time talking to you. It was definitely cool to get some insight on a place that I'm not really familiar with. And I hope the people that listen to this are um, able to take away some cool knowledge and know that there's a cool scene going down in Roanoke. Yeah. Really, uh, really hope it gives like more coverage to, yeah, a lot of the other bands around here. Like, Oh yeah. I forgot to shout out like compulse and choose to suffer. Like the other two, uh, you know, more hardcore bands from Roanoke. Uh, Compulse is doing it pretty big. They just played in Scranton, and I know they have some tour plans. So check out Compulse and choose to suffer. Hell yeah. That's awesome. All right. Thank you guys again for listening. I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the JMRK podcast, Always on Top.